Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 12. After our usual segments of In the Kitchen and Movement Makeover, we will be discussing healthy fad diets. If you would like to submit a question, head on over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hello, Andrea. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I want to give you a nice congratulations for getting your blog post up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> My, mine is written. It's just not proofread, so it's not up yet, but it will be up by the end of today. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was a good uh, shove last week to actually do it. So I'm glad. Anything else? Any news or updates that you'd like to report? Uh, no, just that. Sorry, my uh, sound quality is crappy this week. Uh, my microphone is not working, and um, also my baby is here, so you might hear him in the background because he's not napping. That's okay. And I just want to remind everyone about our Facebook group that we are linking in the show notes that Andrea is doing a fantastic job running and getting some really nice input and feedback. It is Real Moms Living Real Life, I believe. Yes, that is correct. Yes. All right. Let's move on to In the Kitchen. So this week, my kitchen tip for you guys is to find your superfood. I feel like superfood... Is a term that gets thrown around a lot. If you're in the paleo or Weston A. Price community, it might be liver. If you're in the vegan community, it might be acai berries or something along those lines. And for me, I feel like as long as you have that go-to superfood that you can rely on, if you feel like you need a little extra boost or something along those lines or something to hold it together a little bit, if you're not always happy with what you're eating, that would be my recommendation. My superfood happens to be sardines because I can keep them in the cupboard at all times. They don't go bad in any reasonable form or fashion, and I will make like a tuna fish salad but with sardines. And I don't notice the difference, although it's been a really long time since I've had canned tuna, so you probably might if that's your usual go-to. It gets a little crunchier sometimes, but that's, uh, that's my tip for this week. That's so funny that yours is sardines because when I saw that that was your tip, I was like, hmm, what is my superfood? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I totally don't eat it enough, but when I eat sardines <laughs> and I make um, them with like avocado, so I'll like, if I have mayo, I'll use like um, mayo that I make, um, but I'll also always like mash in avocado with it and like some lemon juice and salt and pepper. And sometimes I do do like half and half, like half tuna and half sardines. But when I eat that, I like feel so awesome. Like my energy is like fantastic. Like I just feel really, really good. But like I don't, I actually don't love the taste of it. Like it's, it's okay. It's good. I'll eat it. But it's usually like, like you said, it's because it's in the pantry and I have like no other food and I'm like, oh, crap, okay, I need to eat some real food. So that's what I go to, but I should do it more just because I really do feel fantastic. Every time I eat it, I'm like, I feel so great. I should do this more often. And then I don't. <laughs> I love that. We, and I will tell you, I actually do enjoy like a liver pate. I grew up, my grandfather used to love, um, it was like pate and onion, like liver pate with mustard and raw onions on white bread. I mean, you can see how that as you, you know, see that as you would like, but I used to 
childhood memories of him eating it. So I do, I do enjoy it from time to time, although the texture gets to me a little bit. But I saw someone pan frying it. And I was like, I never thought, like, I always just, like, spread it on, like, I use it, eat it with apples now. But I was like, oh, pan frying it, it gives it this nice, crispy coating. And I'm from outside of Philly, so scrapple is something that I don't know if other people eat scrapple too, but it's like, <laughs> I like how you're shaking your head. I don't know of, what that is. What oh, is that? <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a pork. I'm going to say it's a pork byproduct. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it, I, I don't exactly know what's in it. It's kind of like, it's not like the ground beef of pork, but maybe it's not really bacon. It's like a breakfast food, but my dad will like slice it thin. It has like kind of that pate texture to it and then you just you pan fry it and so the outer edges are crispy and it's soft in the middle it's almost like after you make like a grilled cheese where it's like crispy on the outside and soft on the inside no sauteed liver pate like pan fried liver pate does not taste like a grilled cheese but it gives it a little more texture so I kind of enjoy it that's smart I might have to try that I like that idea that sounds really good well thanks it wasn't my idea (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on to our movement makeover All right, so mine is to stretch your hands. Um, We do so much with our hands, especially as moms. We are picking up little ones, picking up a million toys. Um, We work at our computer, we're cooking, you know, whatever it is you're doing, probably using your hands a lot. And it creates a lot of tension um, into your forearms, which then creates tension up into your shoulders and neck area. And so many of us carry tension there. Um, So it seems... You know, it might seem a little far away from your shoulders, but stretching your hands actually can reduce the tension up in your upper traps and your shoulders quite a bit. So I recommend if you face your palms away from you and you're using like if you're standing up in front of a table, like putting your fingertips down and then trying to like press the palm of your hand down towards the table. Like it probably will not touch all the way, but you're really trying to get that stretch, especially through your fingers um, I think about trying to feel the stretch the most, so like where my um, fingers are like meeting my hand um, in that area, but then you'll also feel it up in your wrists. And yeah, just try and do that. Hold it for about 10 seconds, slowly come out of it, and like slowly go into it because it's usually a pretty big stretch. So take your time, breathe into it, should not hurt. Just kind of ease into that. Sorry about the little scream there. <laughs> but yeah, that's my movement makeover. I think that's great, and I would say I notice a little lot if I have people that are trying to do push-ups or people that are trying to do yoga, and their wrists and hands cramp quite a bit during all of those different exercises, that's a really good sign that you're probably not doing enough stretching of your your wrists and hands um, on the general day-to-day, depending, you know, especially what you do. I would say, you know, when I write I now have switched to more handwritten notes instead of typed notes now that I'm doing home care. And my hands actually get even tighter now that I'm gripping a pencil or a pen rather than typing. So we are fortunate enough to at least type, but then, you know, stretching the other way as well if we're in that extended position to type um, into your wrists as well. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I have a lot of people who complain of wrist pain with push-ups and things like that. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, I just can't do that because my wrist hurts. And yeah, again, it'd probably be an invitation to try to address that pain because you should be able to get into that position without it being an issue. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Let's move on to our topic for the week. So we're going to talk about 
kind of healthy diets, whether they're fad diets or um, lifestyles, things like that. And we're talking about, I mean, while we've already kind of discussed that neither of us believe that a diet of just, or a diet of restricting calories is a healthy diet, but there's a lot of diets out there that kind of help transition people into a healthier lifestyle that can be very beneficial for that transitional purpose but are not necessarily healthy in or beneficial in the long term. Yeah, I think some of the main ones that I wanted to cover were like Whole30 and Keto. Do you have any other ones that you wanted to make sure we covered? Um, you know, I would also kind of throw in there, I know that we're both, I mean, I would, I would even say paleo, I would add paleo into that. I would add even something like vegetarian, vegan, thinking about those kinds of things where I I don't necessarily disagree with them on the short term or again, as transitional trying to get yourself to find what your best lifestyle is. But, but even those, I don't think that they are. I don't think that vegetarian is inherently unhealthy, but I think that any of these diets, anything that's restricting something is really what we're going with. So diets that are restrictive. Yes, I agree. And so I want to like start by saying that all of these diets absolutely can have and do have like amazing therapeutic effects. Um, Some of these, you know, like ketogenic, for instance, you know, somebody who's having issues with brain health, having seizures, having, you know, concussions, things like that. Like, I mean, keto can change someone's life. And so it's not saying that these diets aren't helpful. They have their time and place and can be absolutely amazing. To me, the issues of like the restriction tends to come in when it's when you personally feel restricted by it. Um, So there are people who can do who need to do keto again, if it's like if they're epileptic and it's keeping their seizures at bay, then if they can do it and it allows them for more freedom in their life to do what they need to do because it keeps them under control, then, then I don't think that there's an issue with doing it long-term or even same thing like with the principles of like whole 30 or paleo. Like I think as long as you are well-rounded within that and getting all the nutrients you need, I don't think there's an inherent issue in doing them long-term. It becomes an issue when you feel it is restrictive for yourself. I also think it's an issue when you feel like these diets are kind of like the cure-all for all your problems. Um, Yes, diet has an effect on our brains and on our moods and, you know, can significantly change people's anxiety and depression and things like that. However, diet alone cannot do that. Diet alone is never going to be the answer for all of that. And I kind of think that's where it go, gets starts getting into like this unhealthy realm of things. Um, when your like mentality around your diet, no matter what your diet is, is one of restriction. I think that is the problem, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And um, I know that you made a comment on our on our form here that really anything that forms an unhealthy relationship with food, that's what we're, we're trying to avoid. And I think many of us, myself included, start have an unhealthy relationship with food pretty early on. There's that, oh, do you really need that second slice of bread at dinner? Or do you 
really need to have that piece of chocolate cake or, you know, that's kind of what it was earlier on. And that kind of led to guilt and just pressure and struggle and takes away some of the enjoyment of food. Now, I never was fortunate enough to enjoy food too much and to have any significant um, calorie-restrictive dieting or um, disordered eating to an extent of a diagnosis or anything along those lines. But I think that anytime, again, you are restricting foods for the purpose of restricting foods. So we talked a lot again, and I feel like we're going to keep coming back to it about eating intuitively, that when you choose not to eat something because it doesn't make you feel the way that you want to feel, that is a whole different relationship than saying, well, I can't have a cookie because I shouldn't. Because there is no should or shouldn't. Because people will think it's unhealthy or I don't think it's healthy or something along those lines. When it's, you know, when I eat sugar in the form of a cookie, I feel terrible afterwards. So I want to have fruit instead or I want to have this instead of this because the other thing doesn't make me feel good. And that is a positive relationship with food. And that's really what we want people to consider try elimination diets try the whole 30 or keto or 21 day sugar detox get yourself into a state where you're learning what things are doing to your body and don't forget that when you're done with that the most of these like whole 30 is supposed to be 30 days the 21 day sugar detox is supposed to be 21 days you know there's no time frame on quote-unquote paleo but I would say, yes, give it 30 days because that you need that time to, to make changes, but then start adding things back in and see what happens. See what you can, what you feel. Maybe you add dairy back in and you've got two weeks of eating dairy and you feel fine. Well, maybe dairy's not an issue. Maybe it is. And try, you know, try adding gluten back in. Do you feel terrible? That might be something that you want to reconsider. And it took me a while to kind of build that relationship around things that didn't make me feel good and to be okay saying like, I'm going to say no to this, not because I can't have it, because if I wanted it, I would, but because I don't really want it anymore. Absolutely. I think that's like absolutely beautiful. Um, I like on that line of you kind of mentioned earlier that you said like restricting for the purpose of like restricting foods is the issue. And I also want to like add to that, like restricting for the purpose of like, it's coming from a standpoint. I mean, you, this is exactly what you're talking about. It's like coming from a standpoint of like, I have to, or I should restrict myself from this food because that's what I'm supposed to be doing to get healthy is, is kind of the unhealthy mindset. I want to read a email that I got from one of my clients a while ago. I'm trying, I'm trying to think if I like, my, I may have briefly mentioned it just because it was like such a cool email. So she is somebody who has actually always eaten incredibly, like she's never had like processed foods in her life pretty much. I mean, she just has always eaten very healthy. She grew up on a farm, but she had an eating disorder. 
And, um, and she's totally, obviously I'm not mentioning her name, but she's totally fine with me sharing this. Um, <laughs> I've already asked her. So, um, she said that, so today, um, she said, I'm also like eight to nine days out from the start of my period, which is when she usually starts having kind of cravings and issues. So I was so hungry, like mad hungry. And I had done two hard workouts with teaching two classes today. Now, normally I would stick to what I had put together for lunch and dinner, but even after these two meals, I was still hungry. And all I wanted was a sweet potato. So for the first time ever, I allowed myself to grab one of my extra stash of baked sweet potatoes, warm it up, melted ghee on it, had half checked in with myself, which was a huge step. And yep, I was definitely still hungry. So I then did the second half stopped and I felt perfect, full, but not stuffed, not bloated and finally satisfied. I then just sat there almost in tears because never, ever, ever have I been able to do that with the freedom that my body just needed that fuel. I beat myself up in the past and deny myself. Um, but then later on make up another protein shake or some high protein because you know, carbs are bad. Um, snack, even if all I wanted was the damn sweet potato. Anyways, I just had to share. I just feel so confident after doing that. Like I just finished, um, finished. I'm not actually sure what she said there. (laughs) Um, that is a typo. However, after a long day, I just sit here feeling prettier, stronger and have this attitude. Like who cares what it does to my abs or my body? I wanted it. I needed it. I ate it done. It was healthy. It was good done. No more looking in the mirror to see what it uh, quote unquote did to me. Uh, sorry for the ramble, but I had to um, share because I deserve to treat my body with love and respect. That's beautiful. I, I love that <clears throat> she was battling over a sweet potato. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it's a really great representation of what we're trying to discuss here is that listen to your body, make the decisions you know you're going to make. And I mean, she was on it. She was prepared. She had those you know that stash of sweet potatoes available she knew that her body needed carbs and I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little caveat to it and I'm gonna say you know what it's not gonna do anything to her body or her Mm -hmm. abs or any of that to eat the extra sweet potato so so I want to say for people listening that are still struggling with um self-awareness and body image things like that that Listening to her body and eating the sweet potato might actually make those abs a little better, might actually make her a little bit stronger and might make her more successful at tomorrow's workout. So that is the epitome, I think, of what we're trying to talk about here. Yeah. And I think she's just a really good example of where eating healthy, like where it can go wrong. Because like I said, she's always eating healthy, but she had an eating disorder. She has had, has, still dealing with, I mean all kinds of body image issues, you know what I mean, to the point where it was unhealthy and it was very much affecting her life, affecting her relationship with her husband, affecting her children. Whereas now when she can kind of step back and she, let me add that she is not adding in any foods that are bad for her. Like she hasn't, she's not like, all right, well, screw it. I'm going to go eat Oreos. Okay, well, screw it. I'm going to go, you know what I mean? Have these foods that are bad for her. She hasn't like her food journal still looks like amazing. She's just allowing her, like it's coming from a place of love and respect for her, for her body, not restriction. And not every, like, I mean, I, my God, when I look at her food journal, when I first, when I first got her as a client, I looked at her food journal. I was like, how the hell am I supposed to help you? Like you're perfect. Oh my God. But then you see where it's not just about the food, the mindset behind it is, is what matters. It is so, so important. Um, and so like just some signs that like mindset might 
be something where you need to like take some focus and like what I was saying before is or diet isn't everything. It might be about mindset is it's like if you have kind of this constant negativity in your life and not just about food, it could be about other things, you know, kind of this constant like, oh, it's not fair. You know, this didn't go my way. Like I'm constantly having this bad day. I'm in a rut. You know, not that those feelings are bad in themselves or like they're totally normal feelings, but if it's kind of constant, like if you can't get yourself out of that, um, kind of constant feelings of not having enough, not being able to eat perfect enough, not doing it well enough, like, you know, constant feelings of like, oh, well, I messed up that. Oh, well, you know, it's not going this way because I wasn't, I didn't exercise hard enough. I didn't eat healthy enough. All of those things to me are way, way more signs that it doesn't, even if you are eating Oreos, like it's probably a sign that we need to step back and focus a lot more on mindset than on, on diet and nutrition. And that could be maybe a topic from, I know next week we have a special guest, but maybe in a couple of weeks we can talk about that more because that's a whole issue in itself. Yeah. I, I would like to kind of wrap up that sort of section by, I, I heard someone say at some point that the the thing that's the easiest fix is probably not the thing that you need to fix the most. And a lot of us find it pretty easy to change a little bit about our diet. And maybe not. Maybe that's not the thing that's easiest for you to fix. Maybe the easiest thing for you to fix is to add an exercise and add more exercise and more exercise. But really looking deep down at the one that you struggle with the most, most whether it is maybe the diet is the one you struggle with the most. Maybe it's the mindset. Maybe it's the exercise. Maybe it's just the giving yourself a break. Those are kind of the areas that the hardest ones to change are probably the most important. What do you think about, like, you mentioned a little bit with long-term issues for following some of these healthy diets. I know the biggest thing that comes to my mind, especially with whenever you're eliminating anything, in any food group or any area that you are really taking away some nutrients because we are we are designed to be omnivores. We are designed to get our nutrients from a variety of sources. Our soils are getting depleted, so the things that are in our in our in our vegetables, there might not be as many minerals as there used to be, so we're struggling to kind of get it from everywhere. And if we take out a whole, I'm going to say like a whole food group like dairy or like grains, in the long term, we may be missing out on something. And if it's something that, if that food item causes us issues and we need to heal from it, then we should take it out. But eventually we should try to kind of add it back in and see if we can tolerate it because there are benefits to, you know, most of these, I'm just going to call them real foods. Uh, totally. I mean, I really agree with that. I do think some people, you know, there are certain foods that people will have issues with long term and you won't be able to add it back in. So it's like being just aware of that then, if that's the case for you or being aware that like, yeah, you've tried and you've done all this healing and like, it's just not happening. Like that's okay too. It's just, okay, what then do you need to be possibly supplementing, eating more whole around and, and making sure that you are accommodating for that, um, I think vegetarianism or veganism is a huge, huge area where this happens and is most problematic because you're eliminating um, protein. I mean, obviously there's protein in some vegetables and beans and you can get it in other ways, but there are, 
you know, certain proteins that you cannot get from non-animal sources. So I know some vegetarians can kind of make like a subtle shift into like adding in eggs or like if they tolerate dairy products, adding in some dairy products and animal products that way. And that can kind of be a like good compromise um, or, you know, if some are okay being pescatarian and they're at least getting the fish. And I think there's, th you know, things that you can do to m make it so you're not like, okay, I'm a full on carnivore, but you're uh, getting some of those products in there. Um, I think evaluating why you're vegan or vegetarian or like eliminating those products is, is really important too. Cause I think if you're doing it purely from a health perspective, then that might be something to reevaluate. If you're doing it from a religious, you know, or spiritual thing, then I mean, I think that's, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like that's on you. Just make sure that you're then supplementing for that. Like that's, you know, if that's what you choose to do and that's what makes you happy, that's fine. You just have to like supplement vitamin B12 and, and certain proteins. Um, the other thing I was going to add is like something like keto where it is a therapeutic diet. It's like technically, and same thing with like whole 30 or any of these, it's like technically long-term, they should be fine. You should be fine to, to do that. If you're doing it right, I think any keto long-term, especially for women should be closely monitored and done with supervision just because it can cause all kinds of hormonal imbalances. Um, but the problem is, is we don't live in a world that fully supports it. So like, yeah, Eskimos can be keto and, you know, they are totally healthy and probably some of the healthiest people. However, they don't live in, you know, like a world of technology and stress that we do. So it's like they're not exposed to EMFs. They're not exposed to like you know, working all day, not having a good support system, being stressed all the time, not getting good sleep, um, et cetera, et cetera, whatever other stressors we have in our life. Like, I mean, they have some serious stressors, obviously, but like, it's just very different. Um, they have a community, they have support, like they are not exposed to toxins on a daily basis. So I don't think it's possible to eliminate yeah, like big food groups for the long term if you are living a modern day life. That's a really good point. And I did want to kind of add a little caveat. I'm not telling anyone that has celiac disease to re-add gluten in because it's probably not going to go well. But yeah, I think that we will dive more deeply into some of the mindset, mental stuff, but just listen to your body, try these diets, and be okay with the fact that even if three of your friends feel amazing on a ketogenic diet, you might not. And similarly on Whole30, I think the last kind of big point that we want to make too is that a lot of times when we follow these diets, we accidentally cut calories because when we're eating whole unprocessed foods, we're not eating all of the hidden calories. I will look at the um, just for for giggles and see look at a box of Girl Scout cookies that my husband brought home and see how many ca calories are in one cookie. And trying to imagine to get that many calories in real whole foods, it's like I have, a, I have to eat a lot of food for that. So especially if you're making a really big transition from we're going to call it the standard American diet and significant processed food that. You can get a lot of calories in for pretty cheaply, and we're just talking calories here. 
then be mindful that you can eat an entire plate of veggies and probably keep it under 100 calories. So you don't want to drop those calories low. You want to, you know, I would say for women, 22 to 2,500 calories minimum, especially if you're active. And that's not if you're pregnant or nursing. And just keep it, keep it high. Going those, on those diets that are 1,800 to 1,500 calories, your body kicks into starvation mode. So it doesn't matter if you're eating keto or Whole30 or paleo. You're going to start to have long-term issues down the road. You're going to have metabolism decreases and you're going to start to struggle and you're going to start to possibly gain weight and you're going to say how am I supposed to do that and then you try to cut calories and you've got no calories to cut when you realize that you actually had to add more food in to to make the difference totally yes I think that is such a great point um I feel like I was going to add something and now my baby distracted me (laughs) so I'll add it in if I think of it in a second I'm sorry. That's totally fine. I feel like we really touched on some nice things this week. I feel like it's a good time to wrap it up. But um, is there anything that you want to do for yourself this week, Andrea? You know, I am uh, trying to meditate every day, so I just want to keep up with it. I did it all last week. On my Calm app, I have a seven-day streak, so I'm pretty proud of that right now. And uh, I would like to keep that up this week. How about you? I well, I just I, I really enjoy that that you are meditating every day. I was in my blog post that will be up by the time that this is here. I was writing, you know, wouldn't it be nice if if insurance would pay for something like the Calm app, you know, or we're looking for mental health health support and mental health coverage, and it's like, you know, be nice if I could actually if I could submit a you know membership to the Calm app, and maybe I have to prove, you know submit that I'm doing it 75% of the time or something like that to get them to cut pay for it. But how much would that improve my mental health and therefore everything else in life a little bit? So that was just something that I was thinking of this week. But I am really trying to be a little bit more mindful of my food this week because I'm not feeling as nauseous, so I'm trying to pay attention to my body. I feel like I'm not eating as much as I should be or as much variety as I should be. And and I don't mean should as like, oh, well, I'm supposed to be doing this. But there are times where it's like, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I should maybe, I feel like I need to be eating more and I need to be prepared for that. So I want to get kind of take care of myself a little bit more in that sense this week of, you know, this having this XYZ food in the house so that I am it's more accessible, pre-make a couple of things, plan ahead a little bit. Um, that's, that's what I want to do to take care of myself this week. That sounds awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we will be having a special guest on to talk about depression and anxiety. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Beats of Real Eats, and Andrea at Life Liberty Health on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com. He did great.
he like fell over. He's got these like giant blocks, and it was like upside down, and so he like fell over and like landed like right on his neck. You know, 